Game of Thrones Season 5, Episode 6 is over, but we're just getting started here on the Game of Thrones Feedback Show. And now, here are the two guys who... The guys have, have no name. The guys are no one. Yeah, we are no one. <laughs> Rob Cicero and Josh Wiggler. Josh, how are you? I'm good, Rob. How are you? Wait, don't slap me that I said who I was. I know. You were lying because you have an identity. Yes. You have a name. You I apologize. Name. I apologize. I tried to hide my microphone out back, and then here it is. You, you caught me. I caught you. Caught you with your... Not with your pants down. Your pants are on. They are on. Yeah. They are on. I can and verify. You, I'm in person with you right now. Yes, because this is the first time that we have done the Game of Thrones feedback show or Game of Thrones anything. In person. Yeah, that's true. How about that? Here we are. Cause cause for celebration. Cause for celebration. The Josh is here uh, in Los Angeles, and we have the opportunity to talk about Game of Thrones together here on the Game of Thrones feedback show, Josh. Yes, and such a happy episode that we have here to discuss, <laughs> filled with, filled with uh, levity and merriment. Yes, yes. Lots of people, lots of talk about Game of Thrones and that ending. Yep. Again, nothing good ever happens at a wedding. No, on Game it's of really bad. That's what we've been saying. You don't want to get married in Westeros. It's not a happy time. The upside is, you know, three people die at a Dothraki wedding. Right. Like that's the best case scenario. Best case scenario. <laughs> All right. Anyway, Josh, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing really well. Um, you know, it's it, as you said, definitely been an interesting week on Game of Thrones. Had a very lively conversation about all of the Sansa stuff. Uh, on the Game of Thrones book club earlier in the week. That has been a, a very active comment section on posterrecaps.com. Uh, interesting conversation. Lots of people with lots of different takes on what happened with Sansa. I'm sure we'll get into a, a bit of it today as well. Uh, but there's there's plenty of other stuff to talk about this week as well. How many comments are you up to on that uh, Game of Thrones? Oh my god! Right now, uh, we were getting seventy six. Yeah, I think that's that's got to be the most on any post show recaps. Wow. Yeah, that is on tilt. Yeah, full tilt. Full tilt. <laughs> full tilt. Yeah, no, li- wow. lively, lively conversation. Most of it polite. Not all of it. I've been accused of being half a bitch. Half a bitch. Half a bitch, uh, which makes me feel like I'm not doing my job right. I feel like I should be going full bitch. Uh, you never go full bitch. You never go full bitch. Yeah, a wise man once said. Uh, but no, definitely lively, interesting conversation. We'll talk about it a little bit here today. Uh, but there's there's so much more from the episode that I want to talk about, too. Okay. All right. So let's get into it. Of course, we take our Game of Thrones feedback questions every week. Uh, they either come to us via email at got at postshowrecaps.com or on our voicemail inbox at postshowrecaps.com slash voicemail. Of course, Josh has read all the emails. He's listened to all the voicemails. He is going to take us through where we're going. So, Josh, where do you want to start? Yeah, well, let's let's just start with the Sansa stuff right off the top. We'll, we'll get through that, and then we'll talk about some of the other things that are going on in the episode. And so uh, we we haven't gotten your take on everything with Sansa Stark, Rob, since Sunday night. So let's let's dive into that first. Let's cue up a voicemail from Robert Lanehart, who wants to bring up uh, everything that happened with Sansa at the end of the episode. Robert Lanehart. That sounds like a good Game of Thrones name. It's a good game. Yeah, it's like a Harry Potter name. Yeah, Robert of House Lanehart. <laughs> yes. Hey, Rob and Josh, this is Robert Lanehart from Madison, Wisconsin. I hate doing it, but I've got to ask you guys about the rape scene that created such a storm in the Game of Thrones community. Although many are upset that the show decided to include it, I am one of the few who agreed with showing this scene because I believe it will be important for both Theon and Sansa's storylines going forward. I also think it's extremely important to recognize that this scene was included in the books, but with a less important character than Sansa. If this scene was shown on the show, but with a different character in Sansa's place, the uproar would have been minuscule in comparison. Undoubtedly, viewers care deeply about Sansa, but isn't rape rape no matter who it happens to? Aren't we as viewers being hypocritical by making such a big deal over Sansa's rape when so many other characters have been raped on the show? 
I think it's an interesting discussion and look forward to hearing your thoughts. Thanks, guys. So, Josh. Yes. How about that Mad Men ending? (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to go get a Coke right now, Rob? (laughs) Let's go. Let's go get a Coke. Um, Boy. So so what do you think about that? Do you think that there is um, that that the kind of the outrage that's surrounding it? Do you think it has a lot to do with the fact that it's Sansa that is in this situation, that it's specific to a character that we have been attached to for a very long time? Well, I think it's a testament to the show itself because we feel so bonded to these characters, especially the Starks that we've been with for five seasons. Surely it would not have the same impact if that was, you know, a brand new character. If we saw Ramsey with Miranda and the same scene was happening, sure, there would be empathy, but it would not feel like, you know, a member of your quote unquote, like family. Right. That's somebody that you've watched. Nothing good ever happens to these Starks. Nothing it good. Sucks. <laughs> Nothing good. It sucks. What's the best case scenario for any of the Starks? Um, I guess Arya gets to lose her identity and not be a Stark anymore. Yeah, like a quick merciful death. I think is like uh, is is probably the way to go. So I think that that is where the uproar uh, is coming from, and, and also the fact that this didn't happen to Sansa. I think that that is the bigger uproar. The and, and tell me if I'm wrong about this. I feel like the uproar is that's where the uproar. I mean, that's why there's twice as many comments on the book club version of this podcast, as opposed to the 30 some odd comments yeah. from the other night. The TV viewers are like, man, that really stunk for Sansa. Right. Whereas the book club people are like, hey, that didn't happen to Sansa and you made it happen to Sansa. And that's why, you know, people are either upset or like, hey, deal with it. Right. You know, I think that that's where the two hot takes are coming from for that. I think that the for the TV watching audience, it's just like, you know, that that sucked that that happened. But right. I don't think that there's an uproar if you're just a TV watching viewer of the show. Yeah, I think that that's a piece of it. I think another piece of it is that we spent 30 minutes talking about it at the beginning of the Book Club podcast, which is a long time to dedicate to a topic. But it was a really difficult topic. And Terry and I both had uh, really strong thoughts about it. And, uh, you know, we hey. It's our show. We had to get it off our chest. I mean, what are you supposed to talk about? Yeah. And they ended the show on that. And it is obviously. directly related to the books, too, in terms of what you said, that this doesn't happen to Sansa in the books. It happens to a different character. So that's a piece of it as well. Yeah. So they ended the show on that. It's the most important yeah. note from the episode. I mean, what do you what do you want to spend, you know, so long on? You want to talk Sand Snakes? Right, right. Exactly. Sansa Snakes. Uh, but, you know, there, there are there are things about the about the scene um, that... You know, it's it's obviously a very emotional thing, and it's a it's a really it's a it's a sensitive subject, and it's a it's a subject that's coming a lot, you know, coming up a lot in in conversation and in culture right now. It's you know the uh, issues of rape and misogyny and things like that are you know it's it's they're topics that are coming up and they're very prevalent right now. So I think that it's it's in the air, and I think that's a big re- part of the reason why people latched on. But let's let's focus on some of the positive stuff of what's going on in Winterfell. Uh, let's let's get a voicemail in from Andrew, who is going to say something that I completely agree with. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Andrew calling from Ireland. Um, my question this week is more kind of a statement. I just think the acting up north this season is absolutely incredible. I mean, Alfie Allen, as Theon, is, he, I've always thought he was a bit of a, an underrated actor, but I mean, he's seriously brilliant this year. And Sophie Turner as well, brilliant in the last episode. But, I mean, what do you guys think of Iran Rayon, who plays uh, Ramsey Bolton? He is just so brilliant, and he's the best person they could have got to overtake Joffrey as everyone's least favorite character. So what do you think? Do you think Iran could be getting an Emmy sometime soon? Thanks, guys. 
Are we getting an Emmy for Ramsey Bolton in the future? I don't think, I don't so. think so. I don't, I don't think, think, so. think so. But but he he brings up a great point. The acting for all three of those characters who are involved in this super controversial ending of this episode of Game of Thrones, those three are terrific. And I think that they're doing really killer work this season. Yeah. For those Game of Thrones characters that have been so unlikable, like I really wonder how much it's going to help or hurt their career. Uh-huh. Like for instance, like like uh, Joffrey, well, Joffrey, he was like run like, out of town. He, he had to stop. He had to stop acting. Yes. Like, could you see Ramsey Bolton in another in another role, and would you not hate him in whatever other role? Like some of these characters that have been so despicable on Game right. of Thrones, would you watch them on anything else and not? hate them well so i haven't seen the the british show misfits but he was a main character on that show and that's a show that people really liked so he has that going into game of thrones he already has a fan base from his work on that show so i think that he'll do well uh for people who who only know him as ramsey which is me you know i'm among i will always look at him as the creepy guy who cut off the on graduate's penis mm-hmm. like i will never like I, anytime that guy enters a room in any movie tv show anything i will just think of him as you know, a potential penis cutter offer. Yeah. A lot of these Game of Thrones man. people, it's hard to imagine them in anything else. And yeah. it's also like, just we see this a lot with The Walking Dead too. Like these people are on these hugely popular shows and then it's almost like they're so well known that it's hard to see people go from that to do something else. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that he could be the case. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, Sophie Turner, she's about to step into a very, very big role outside of Game of Thrones. She's going to be the new Jean Grey in X-Men. She'll be fine. She'll she, be fine. She, she'll be fine. Like the principles of in the show, yeah. I think will be fine. I think it's sort of the more of these peri- and these peripheral characters. I think it's hard to see them go into something else. And then who else would you have a tough time seeing in anything else? On the on the bad guy side. On the bad guy yeah. side of things, boy, I'm trying to think of some of these other uh, bad people from the, from Game of Thrones. Like, I'm, I'll be thrilled to see Charles Dance show up in anything. Like, yeah, you know, he'll, he's like, a, I think he had like a resume he's like, he's before like, that. He's like the polite villain too, right? So it's, uh, <laughs> you know, he's, like he can play a gentleman. Well, still. what's the future for Grey Worm? Right. What is the future for Grey Worm? Uh, hopefully. Um, I mean, hopefully he has a happier wedding than than some of these other people. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't it's, know. It's, again, yeah. it's it's inter- it's interesting just to see. It. And in some ways, I almost feel like they're kind of like reality TV people. Uh-huh. And again, I think that some people are going to get what I'm talking about. Like, what's the what's the future off. of like uh, Samuel Tarley? Right. Right. Does Sam have an acting career? Right. Uh, after all this, but he's I wondered like, the he's, same thing about like um, Jorge Garcia Hurley from Lost, right. Her- who has you know he's gotten had a TV he career, but he's always going to be Hurley. He's all he's always that. Yeah. So you know you have people that are just so, like you know sort of like attached to the show, and then can you see them outside? Like for Walking Dead, I think it's the same thing where you don't really see like a character who dies on Walking Dead, then they're showing up on other on other things. Right. Like Beth from The Walking Dead. Like she was on the Flash this season. She, she was. Okay. I didn't watch the episode, but I heard it wasn't one of the better ones. Yeah, yeah. So uh, again, a whole different conversation. Sure, sure, sure. Um, well, let's let's uh, let's wrap up Winterfell. Let's take one more from from uh, Imad Khan. Has a question about Winterfell uh, and specifically how Littlefinger is going to respond to everything that happened with Sansa. Hi, Robin Josh. This is Imad from Chicago. Uh, first of all, I would really like to thank you guys for the amazing oh. job you do. I've listened Aww. to a few Game of Thrones episode, podcasts, but none of them are as funny and entertaining as yours. We did it! Uh, my, my weekly Game of Thrones experience isn't even complete without listening to you guys talk and joke about 
all the crazy stuff that we've been put through. So thank you guys very much. Uh, anyway, for, so my question is, how do you think Littlefinger will react after he finds out what happened with Sansa? Um, Ramsey told Littlefinger that he won't hurt her. So after he finds out what Ramsey actually did to Sansa, do you think Littlefinger will be upset about this? Will he take any kind of action? Or does Sansa's well-being not matter to him at all? Right. This is a great question. Great question, especially because of all the compliments. Yes. <laughs> yes, it was. And I liked how he phrased it. That like I always like to come on and listen to you guys after every week we what we get put through. Right. <laughs> it's true. It really is. It really is. I think it's it, not easy to be a fan of Game of Thrones. Yeah. It's, it's a traumatic experience often at times. Absolutely. Um so this, even if you know even if you think you know what's coming as demonstrated by this week. Yeah, well, uh, you know what uh, the book readers we really don't know what's coming anymore. We know a few things still, but there's a lot that we don't know and it's it's been an interesting ride. Uh one one thing that's interesting, one of the conversations that you and I have been having throughout the season is like, how much does Littlefinger know about Ramsey Bolt? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he has that comment to him where he says, I don't know much about you, all of that. Uh, there was an interview with Brian Cogman, uh, one of the writers of Game of Thrones, the guy who wrote this last episode, that he, he gave an interview to Entertainment Weekly and confirmed uh, that Littlefinger... Uh, does not know about Ramsey's proclivities. Uh, he says the difference between the Ramsey Snow of the books and the show is the Ramsey of the show is not a famous psycho. Uh, so Littlefinger doesn't have the intelligence on him. He knows that they're scary and creepy and not to be fully trusted, but it's part of a larger plan. Uh, so there you go. That's the answer to that. Littlefinger doesn't know uh, all of the all all of Ramsey's shenanigans. Um, but what do you think? What is what is Littlefinger going to get into with uh with Santa here? Boy, well we talked about. You know, who do we want to kill Ramsey? Do uh-huh. we want it to be Sansa? Do we want it to be Theon? Uh, Littlefinger is an intriguing person that could be in the mix here. Right. Um, but do you think that, like, do you think that Sansa could kill Littlefinger for this? Do you think that, like, she's going to be like, look what you threw me into? Could she turn on Littlefinger for something like this? No. You don't I don't so. think so. Because what, what was, where was Sansa going to go? Or, I mean, other than go with Brienne. Right. And, and do what? Right. Just be on the lamb. Just running around Westeros. You know, that the thing with Littlefinger is that he's trying to eventually get her to like a, a soft landing place. Like, yeah. And unfortunately, there are lots of people out there in the world that want to do her harm. And I think he thought like in his end game, he thought that this was going to work out for her. But I guess apparently from what we're learning here, he didn't know that this was going to be a bump in the road here and I don't mean to trivialize it by calling sure, it a bump sure, in the road sure, sure, but sure, he sure. did not see foresee this right yeah so you, you put Littlefinger on the list of people who could who could off Ramsey Snow who could uh, who could put a cap and bust a cap on Ramsey Snow's butt. I think that's a possibility I don't I don't see Littlefinger busting a cap on anybody yeah I don't <laughs> but I think I, he, he could push him out the moon door but Littlefinger is a very interesting character because he's never a POV character in the books. Is no, that correct? That's right. So ultimately, he's the guy with all the cards and we never get inside his head. Yeah. Yeah. The In the books, I think that they like to keep a lot of those characters close to the vest because if you knew what was going on in Littlefinger's head, like the whole story would be spoiled. Yes. You know, so so you can't you can't really know it too much. But no, it's it's interesting. Uh, we also had another question. We had a question from Stephen Davis. Uh, Stephen Davis wrote in, what do you think Littlefinger's endgame is for Sansa, if he becomes Warden of the North. Um, you know, this is something that, that emerged in this week's episode when Littlefinger finally shows up in King's Landing, has this conversation with Cersei, lays it out on the table like, make me the Warden of the North. I'll take the North back for you with my Knights from the Vale. Um, what, what, is his, what is his plan 
in regards to Sansa, in regards to being warned of the North, what's the next step? See, I think this is complicated because I think that we know, we've seen evidence that this, the North will only be ruled by a Stark. Yeah. There has to be a Stark in Winterfell yes. for the people in the North to be happy. I think Littlefinger probably knows this also. Cersei doesn't care about this. She wants all the Starks to be dead. Stannis knows this. He knows there needs to be a Stark in Winterfell. So I think he's going to be happy at least to have Sansa Stark there yeah. if Jon Snow wants to stay up at the wall. So, but there's no love with uh, Stannis and Littlefinger. No. So yeah. if Littlefinger's like, yeah, I'm going to marry Sansa. Littlefinger and then rule, does not seem to be Stannis's type. Right. So, and they have a whole backstory yep. together of being both there under the uh, Bobby Baratheon era. Correct. In King's Landing. So I'm not sure exactly what Littlefinger, it's either, does he want to be Warden of the North? And I feel like he's just a guy who wants everything Warden of the North doesn't seem like enough for Littlefinger. What would be the next step for him? Right. He wants the throne, man. It seems he wants everything. You would you would imagine that the throne, the Iron Throne, is a big part of everything, right? So I almost feel like the best case scenario for Littlefinger would be that Stannis marches on Winterfell. Yeah. The Boltons beat Stannis. Yeah. And then he the knights the from the Eyrie come in and beat the Boltons right. and then Stannis is gone. Right. He rules the north, yeah. but then he still has to figure out how to get to King's Landing. Yeah, that's the the next step, but I'm just not quite clear on how he's gonna how he's gonna pull it off. We'll see if he does. We'll see. Okay. See how that works out. Uh let's let's uh let's talk about one of Littlefinger's associates, uh Oliver, who emerged this week, uh, you know, laid the smack down on Loris Terrell, is the reason why Loris and Marjorie are behind bars. Spencer Mann has a question about Oliver, and then we will, uh, we, will, we will answer that question with another voicemail. Hi, this is Spencer calling in from Davis, California. So something that confused me about this episode was like, what is Oliver's motivation to testify against Loris? Setting aside how just horrendous the whole inquest situation is, is it this kind of a prisoner's dilemma where as long as everyone denies everything, the outcome works out all right? Are we just supposed to assume that they were threatening Oliver with some kind of Sparrow Jesus retribution nonsense? Thanks. Sparrow Jesus retribution nonsense is the name of my new record. Uh, let's let's get a Omri from Jerusalem sent in a voicemail that actually posits a theory on why Oliver did what he did, uh, and I think it's it sounds pretty right on the money to me. I'm curious for your take. So let's let's hear what Omri has to say. Hey guys, what's up? This is Omri from Jerusalem. First of my name. So the guy that testified against Loris is the manager of Peter Baelish's establishment. And when the Sparrows came to said establishment, they did not arrest him. They simply gave him a punch and that's it. And also when he came to the trial, he wasn't in chains and he didn't look roughed up. So his testimony wasn't a product of coercion. What I think happened is that Littlefinger came back to King's Landing and told him to tell the Sparrows everything about him and, and Loris. And by that, he would cause the Tyrell-Lannister alliance to be that much closer to being destroyed. You know, let the Lord of Chaos rule. What do you guys think? What do you think about that? Is this a Littlefinger plan? Is this to 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 muck up the relations between the Tyrells and the Lannisters even further? I don't know. It's chaos. It loves him that loves himself some chaos. It is chaos. I mean, does Littlefinger want to see all of his brothels overturned right. by the you know whole like High Sparrow right. deal? <sighs> 
I mean, maybe it's an audible to this plan. That but I mean, does he care and- about the brothels if he's got his eyes on the bigger prize of just being in charge of the Seven Kingdoms? You can have a brothel in Winterfell. Okay, so I guess then part of all this is then to have the Tyrells march on King's Landing. And yeah. Littlefinger is already, we know from the whole Joffrey's wedding thing that he has been working with them in terms of taking out Joffrey. You know what I thought was kind of crazy about how like in the battle between uh, Lady Olena and Sansa, mm-hmm. like everybody is like, y- you're like, Le- yay, Lady Olena, yay, Queen of Thorns. Yeah. Like nobody's like, yeah, that that old lady killed uh, her son. Right, right. <laughs> nobody's like rooting for Cersei in this battle. And, and it's like, we're all rooting for the person that killed her son. Well, it's because Lady Olena's one of the best characters on the show. Yeah, but she's funny. You want, you like, the, the killer grandma. You love the killer grandma. Oh, killer grandma. Killer grandma. Yeah. Um, you know, I think... Just uh, real, real quick, total non sequitur. Yeah. Uh, was, uh, <laughs> was Abel the, the same kid that plays uh, the youngest Draper kid on, on Mad Men? Is that true? I think so. I think that they ended up using that He's same Bobby kid. He's Bobby Draper? No, not Bobby Draper. No, he didn't Bobby Draper. They, uh, they, Gene, they Bobby Draper, Gene Draper. Oh, did into, they really? I think into Abel. Into Abel? Oh, man. Hello, <laughs> Mrs. Draper. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye, Don Draper. Yeah, um, uh, interesting. Somebody needs to fa- yeah. somebody let us know. That yeah, fact. I would love to know. I would love uh, to know. But that. that that being said, like I just think that that's that's kind of crazy. So so okay, now if we have the connective tissue of if Littlefinger is already working with the Tyrells, yeah. does that is is that good? But the Tyrells are really on the business end of this. Like I can't imagine that they're in on this, right? But you know, he's he's worked with the Tyrells to a point, um, but. If his if his plan is ultimate control, uh, you would think that they, you know, they don't really. What kind of role do they play in that? Those guys are smart. They're savvy. Uh, does he does he really want them to be in positions of power forever, or is this his opportunity to to, to knock them out and to knock out potentially Cersei in the same in the same move? You know, getting this this situation between the Tyrells and the Lannisters just even more tenuous than it already is. That might be really good for him. Unless we find out that Littlefinger has been talking to the High Sparrow, yeah, then I don't see how like this the High Sparrow is. secretly loves brothels, or yeah, is secretly working with Littlefinger. Yeah. Then, then if we found out that information, then everything would make sense. The Faith Militant is an interesting obstacle for a guy like Littlefinger. Yeah, it's not good for him. Yeah, it's not, not good, good news. Not great news. Um, all right, so that's 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 enough on King's Landing this week. I think um, let's go to the Netherlands. Let's go to the Netherlands and let's 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 listen to a voicemail uh, that's just a, a little fun aside that we can talk about in regards to Arya this week. So let's let's go to the. Hello, Robin Josh, Yuri Boy of the Netherlands here, and I got a fun question for you guys. Ooh. In the episode, we could see a huge wall of faces in the Arya storyline. These faces are probably made for wearing. If you could pick any face in the Game of Thrones universe that you could wear instead of your own, which face would it be? Thanks, and Wiggler Mogules. Wiggler Mogules. Uh, yeah, all men must wiggle. Um, what, do you, what do you think? Whose face would you take? Who's got a good face? But I, I'm keeping my body. Yeah, you got to keep your body. Okay. And while so I it's got to go- be like similar type, which limits my options, unfortunately. I'm, I pretty much am going to be Samuel Tarly. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay, though. Uh, I would just you know, try to figure out who has a handsome face. Uh-huh. I think I would go with... Uh, we, you know. Well, we got this great picture of, of you and I as Jon Snow and Samuel Tarly. Well, that's the worst case scenario for Jon Snow because it's Jon <laughs> Snow, but with my face. 
that sucks for John. Yeah, not great for John. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I could if I could go with a uh, a Kit Harrington face, but then he always kind of looks like he just smelled a fart. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't resting, have that expression. Resting fart face. Yeah. <laughs> RFF. Yeah, he's got a bad case of RFF. <laughs> yeah. So I think that there's a lot of people that you know they have a have a nice face. A lot yeah. of these are you know actors or handsome guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I'm stuck with Sam. I don't think I have a creative answer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's I think that's where I go. Um, but let's 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 talk a little bit more about what Aria was up to. Stephen Davis once again wrote uh, wrote in and asked, "Why do you think Aria lied about those questions? Was she simply holding info back? Was she embarrassed? Did she just not remember exactly how the events unfolded?" Uh, you and I talked on the Sunday show about why she like kept getting hit about the the mm-hmm. hound. Um, and I think we, we had arrived at, uh, the idea that maybe she just like couldn't bring herself to, to kill it, to kill him. And she wasn't copping to that. Uh, on the, on the book club show, Terry's take was that she wasn't admitting that she actually kind of liked the hound. Do you think that there's something to that? They liked each other to a degree. He certainly liked her, I think. Yeah. And it a one way street. (laughs) I don't know. I think that they sort of like grew on each other. I think that, you know. It's tough to figure out exactly what she's thinking in her head because we're just not we're just not there. But I think that we sort of want that in our TV characters. Right. Like the, the, if they spend enough time together, we want them to start to like each other. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I think there might be something to that. Like we wanted Ari and the Hound to be like the new like uh, Jesse Pinkman and Walter White. Yeah. 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 Making meth together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Making men making mischief together. Yeah, making mischief together. Yeah, that would be great. That'd be great. I mean, again, I would have I would have watched those two on the show together for several seasons. Yeah, uh, but that is that is not the world that we live in. We've got a little bit more about Arya as well as Tyrion in uh, the form of a voicemail from one of my favorite callers, Brent Butterworth. Hey guys, Brent Butterworth here. Do you think the way to get that uh, fancy arcade coin is the master that big old whack a mole game? Um, and do you think Tyrion's gonna meet Lorraine and Bobbitt? Because I think she could be quite a collector. <laughs> Y'all have a good one, thanks. Uh, I, I want to live inside of Brent Butterworth's head for a day. Uh, yeah. The way he sees the world is fantastic. Uh, so, I know that this is not a Game of Thrones clip, but can I play? I'm a meat collector. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get to play that very are often. They gonna, are they gonna sell Tyrion's uh, penis to, to Alec Christie? <laughs> Sir Alec of House Christie? Yes. Yes. And that oh, would be God. a face. That would be a face that you would want to have up in uh, Bravos. <laughs> House of Black and White. Just get that, uh, you know, resting. Uh, he kind of has, has resting fart face yeah. a little bit. Yes. Like, uh, did you really do that? Yes. Uh, okay. So uh, <laughs> what, what do you, what's your take on this? So I, I, I don't really, I think that the first part is the fancy arcade coin would be the, uh, the Bravos coin, right? Yes. Uh, and the whack-a-mole game, is that the faces in the columns? I feel like the whack-a-mole is, you know, hitting Arya's hands, I feel like. Uh, like that would be more sure. like yeah. whack-a-mole. All right. Okay. Is she the mole? Is that what Brent is saying? <laughs> yeah. Mole patrol. Um, <laughs> is, uh, Brent, is he, is he like a wizard that we have to like sort of decode <laughs> his prophecy? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think that's how it works. So everybody, you let us know what your interpretation of the, of the fancy arcade coin is. Uh, as for Tyrion, that seems straightforward. Yes. <laughs> I think Tyrion is straightforward. Uh, Lorena Bobbitt reference in 2015. Yes. It's, it's relevant. It's hammer time. It's hammer time for sure. Uh, 
I, I hope that Tyrion doesn't go the way of Theon Greyjoy. You think that he and his um his his private parts shall remain friends? Hasn't Tyrion been through enough? Yeah. Um, I mean, it doesn't seem like anybody on this show gets a break. <laughs> no one gets a break. No one gets a reprieve. Yeah. I like that they also just take him at like face value. Uh-huh. Like when when he says like, "Well, how will they know?" Uh, like it's gonna be small. He's like, think again. Yeah, think again. I'm surprised they're like. Guys, check this out. Look at he's yes. right. <laughs> like uh like can we confirm that? Can somebody check yeah. that? Like okay. Oh, not bad. Yeah. It's a tripod. Um yeah. Yeah, no no verification on the spot. They're just taking him at his word. Yes. Yeah. Um let's talk about the stand the sand snakes. Let's discuss this. Uh we got a lot of people writing it. It, it would be a funny snakes. scene if they did go to check and, and uh and they're like uh, <laughs> like no he's lying. Like, no, it's cold. It's, it's cold. cold. It's a cold day. Don't kill me. <laughs> I was in the pool. Oh god. Uh, let, let's talk sand snakes. Let's talk about this. This is something that a lot of people wrote in about. Uh, Dave Baker puts it well. He says the sand snakes have been touted as great fighters. <laughs> what, yeah. What's that? No, I just have been like uh, going on like Reddit and stuff like that, and and I didn't I didn't really know yeah. about this uh, until recently that people are really down on the sand down snakes. on the sand snakes for sure. And Dave Dave Baker <laughs> saying. Touted as great fighters, at best they fought to a draw with Jamie and Braun. They yeah. didn't put up much of a fight when they were finally captured. Are they overhyped or am I missing something? Uh, someone else wrote in, uh, was I the only one that thought the Dorn fighting sequence was kind of weak? I haven't read the books, but I, it made the Sand Snakes look really unorganized and not as badass as I thought they would yeah. be. Uh, yeah, and I think that you're you're right. I think that uh, Reddit has been thumbs down on the sand snakes. I think a lot of people have been the thumbs down. The internet hates the sand snakes. Not into the sand snakes. And once the internet hates something, it's over. It's tough to come back from that. Lights out. <laughs> you're done. Yeah, yeah. I listen. I've, I just write them off the show now. There's never. It's never going to work. It really was an opportunity to kill at least one of them here. You know, it was such a. It was such a. It was such a bloodless fight. Yeah, you think that you think that you could have killed one of the sand snakes. It was here. also like such a caper where it was like, all right, Jamie and Braun are going there at the yeah. same at the same exact time that they were going there uh-huh. to go uh, to go capture them, and like uh, you know nobody nobody died there. You know they're fighting with like whips and stuff like that. Yep, it just seemed like uh, yeah, it, it's 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 not great, but I do find it, I do love that the internet hates the sand snakes. <laughs> it's good. Are there any one of my favorite things ever? Are right there now. any are there any fun memes that you have found about the sand snakes or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, any, any one, notables. I saw one that was uh, funny. Uh, I think it was on Reddit where it's like there's like cut to like a scene of like the uh, the, the sand snakes, and then you had like the with Lady Elena where she like closed the door of the window of the cart that she's in. She's like ah, like yeah. waving her hand like oh that this is terrible. I don't want to see this. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see uh, I'd like to see Hank and Marie watching the Sand Snake fight scene I feel like that would be pretty good too. yeah no, that'd be good too yeah, be- <laughs> I don't think anybody's done that yet no somebody go do that somebody go do that Hitler's reaction to the Sand Snakes I think would be fun yeah uh, so there's lots of potential lots of potential <laughs> uh, let's let's close this thing out let's close this thing out we talked about Jamie and Braun a second ago Jason Schroeder uh, has written a song about Jamie and Braun oh. so let's, let's, let's end with a musical number <laughs> yes uh, where is that uh, that's a voicemail. Hey, Rob and Josh. Jason, the extra voicemailer here. I remember you guys said that you'd love to see a Jamie and Braun spinoff for Game of Thrones. And I thought maybe I'd write a little intro theme song. It's kind of a ripoff, but hopefully you'll like it. The strongest guys around about to break out of dawn. 
with Marcella back to King's Landing. Well, actually, they didn't get away at all. The sparring swords. Hodor, Hodor, Hodor. <laughs> the sparring swords. Hodor, Hodor, Hodor. <laughs> Jamie and Bronn, without a doubt, got this Game of Thrones all figured out. The strongest guys. Hodor, Hodor, Hodor. <laughs> Yeah. Very inspired bit with the Hodor uh, yes. action, I think. Uh, that uh, I'm going to play this clip. This is uh, My- Michael Scott reacts to the Sand Snakes. Oh no, God! <laughs> no, God, please, no! 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 <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. We're, out, we're yeah. out on the Sand Snakes. Are, are, we, are we in on the Jamie Braun theme song? <laughs> this is uh, Michael Scott reacts to the Jamie and Braun uh, theme song. No! <laughs> no, God, please, no! 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 <laughs> Brutal. No! Brutal. <laughs> Brutal. Oh, no. Michael Scott. Uh, Michael Scott, he's difficult to please. Yes. <laughs> difficult guy to please. I wouldn't take it personally. All right. So, Josh, this Sunday night, Game of Thrones is back. Episode seven. I can't believe it. We are we're this close to the ending. It's it's wild, wild ride. Uh, only only what four episodes left, right? Four episodes are left. The season finale will be three weeks from Sunday night. Yeah, there's only there's only three episodes left until the finale of Game of Thrones. Yeah, are you amped? Are you excited? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's. I don't know if if uh, you watch uh, all season long on Mad Men. Not everybody's gonna think I'm a no. A, I've been a, a I've giant, been behind on Mad Men. A, a, I, a giant Mad Men guy, but like they they did it every week. They would do the coming attractions, but they would say like, "There's only two weeks left until the finale of." So it was right. it was very. It's like wait, are there three episodes left of Mad Men, or <laughs> yeah, are there so two episodes left? Confusing, of Mad Men? mixed message. It was very it was very confusing. Yeah, so there's uh, three weeks from Sunday night will be the finale. Okay, of Game of Thrones. Season five. Yes. And then we're all in this together. All in this together. Uh, well, I, I look forward to listening to your take on uh, Sunday night's episode. I will not be on the show yes. uh, on Sunday. The great Antonio House Mazzaro will join us to yes. talk about it. So Antonio and I will be together live to uh, break everything down on Game of Thrones. Uh, Josh, is it going to be en route back to New York? Yes, I'll be in the air. I'll be flying. Yes. Flying high. <laughs> yes. Not out the moon door. Right? Not out the moon door. Hopefully. Hopefully not. I want to watch Josh Wiggler fly. <laughs> I want the bad man to fly. <laughs> All right. So uh, we will do that. And then, of course, uh, get back to uh, voicemails and feedback next week on the Game of Thrones feedback show. Uh, any, anything else uh, of note coming up for you on post show recaps? Um, yeah, we have uh, we have something fun. For Lost Lives listeners coming up this weekend, uh, look look forward to that. Uh, you also, if, if you guys listen to the Fifty Shades of Grey podcast uh, with with my wife Emily Fox uh, a few months ago, uh, Emily and I might have something for you guys as well. Okay, this week. Uh, plenty more uh, recap the season finale of SNL on post show recaps. Uh, also, uh, Mike Bloom just released talked about uh, Pitch Perfect two. In addition to talking about Orphan Black. On Post Show Recaps, so check it all out at postshowrecaps.com. You can subscribe to the Game of Thrones podcast as well at postshowrecaps.com slash GOT iTunes. 
All right. That's going to do it for us here today. We will see you or I will see you with Antonio on Sunday night. Take care, everybody. We have a hashtag. Oh, yeah. That's got to be resting resting fart fart face, face, right? Is it resting fart face or is it RFF? Uh, If you don't have the uh, if if you don't want to put fart in your (laughs) tweets, you can just give us RFF. There you go. Yeah. Uh, You want me to see if there is a hashtag RFF already? Oh, I thought you were going to say is resting fart face already a thing. Oh, I (laughs) what do you think it is? Do you think it is? Uh, I don't think so. But then again, it is the Internet. And that is the Internet. Uh, So RFF uh, Real Farm Foods is claiming uh, (laughs) RFF. Okay. as of right now, resting fart face is free and queer. It's about to get really stinky on Twitter. (laughs) All right. All right. There you go. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye.